this podcast. I have bad words because my daddy says words like s and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Galan. Joe. And I am John. Of course, later on in this episode, we're going to have America's favorite segments, Ask the Dads, Dad Jokes, and Things to Check Out. But actually today, we, uh, we had the opportunity to talk to someone that was really cool. It was up at the top of our dream guest list, and That's we've true. already been able to cross them off. Yep. So we had the opportunity to sit down with local sports broadcasting legend, Dale Hansen of yes. WFAA Channel 8 fame. Um, you know, he, he, as, as Joe mentions here in a moment, um, when we start the intro, you know, he, you, if you're not from the Dallas-Fort area, you probably know him from some of the unplugged kind of controversial stuff that he's spoken on. And yeah, he's had videos that have gone viral. Like incredibly you know, viral. Like, right. You may have seen it on BuzzFeed. And other, or it, I or mean, it's to the point or where Reddit, it's like, yeah, or there, yeah, there's international people. Like, it's made it up to Canada and, and, and like the he's Middle East. and it. Yeah, emails yeah, from Pakistan, Australia, all over the world. He, But he's, you know, he's, he's kind of larger than life. He's, you know, he's very opinionated. Um, he's not always the most popular, but it, he is... Well, and that like he's he speaks his mind, and so yeah, yeah you'll hear yeah. some people along the way have been have had dissenting opinions. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's you know it, it, I, I will say this is, and we're going to reflect on it after after you guys listen to it. We're going to come back and reflect on it. But it's I think and something I'm going to reiterate then is what you see on TV is what you get. Like yep. he is he is he's not a character on TV. He unless he's just putting that character on for us. It was really awesome to sit down. And, and have that conversation. Yeah, I know we really appreciated his candor and his honesty. And you'll see sort of right from the, the get-go, out of the gate, he's uh, he, he seems to be okay with telling it like it is. Yep. And uh, that was really cool for us. And uh, I, I just, you know, for, for me and Galan, actually, Joe, actually, uh, when we were all talking about, like, man, what would be some of our dream guests that are, are around our town here locally that we think would be great uh interviews to talk about dads uh he was right at the top of your list joe he was he's somebody that i've admired his honesty i've admired his uh hot takes on certain controversial issues and he's somebody i felt has been very authentic and and growing up in the dallas fourth area he's somebody you see all the time and i just felt that he would be someone that would be able to bring a unique perspective on parenting in general as well as his own experiences being a dad and a, a granddad and i feel like we he he covered that in more so. Yep. Yeah, so certainly different than anything we've we've talked about just yet. And I know we'll come back and talk about that. But just from I just wanted to throw in from Galan in my perspective. Same thing. Growing up, we saw him on news. I think he said he's been in this market since the '80s when he yeah, started working like, yep, thirty six years, Channel Four or something. Yeah. So basically, our whole lives we've been watching him. And then even when he he had a radio show mm-hmm. on um, the ticket, uh, yeah, the ticket, a local sports station here that we always used to love listening to. Me and Galan, I know. And then yeah, just recently those 
videos. Like it, it kind of blew my mind that he he was willing to be gracious enough to give us you know yeah. his time because he has a lot of demands on his time, and we yeah, really right. were thankful for that. So. so here you go. Take a listen to Dale Hansen. It, it, this is kind of a lengthy um, segment, but it's it doesn't it ends up not feeling lengthy. It, there's a lot of gold in there. So yeah, enjoy, absolutely. and then we'll be back to discuss it here in a moment. Or here, actually, in about 15 minutes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. Joining us at this time is award-winning broadcaster Dale Hansen. If you're from the DFW area, you'll recognize him from covering the sports on WFAA Channel 8 weeknights at 6 and 10 p.m. Or, outside of Texas, you may be more familiar with him from the Dale Hansen Unplugged segments, covering such people as Michael Sam and Mac Beggs. He's here with us today to talk about his experiences as a dad and as a grandpa throughout his storied career. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure, guys. I'm happy to yep. do it. Thanks so much. Awesome. And, uh, Dale, we kind of wanted to start you out with a little bit of an easy one. Uh, what do you think makes a good dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's just start right there. Um, uh, I, well, I think in many ways, I think uh, a good dad in the simplest uh, term to me is a good listener. Um, it, it was one of the, the problems that I had as a father. Uh, and I, I, there, there's a great story that we'll probably get into and maybe even right here. But um, I, I think a good dad, obviously, the, all, the, all the physical and the, the financial aspects of being a good provider and um, but I think if, if I had everything to do all over again, I, I would have devoted a great deal more time to simply listening to my kids uh, instead, of, instead of talking to them. I would, have, I would have appreciated the fact, I know they would have appreciated the fact if I'd have talked with them a little bit more. And uh, uh, again, it was kind of a hard lesson the way I found out about it. But, um, uh, but I think that kind of sums it up in a nutshell anyway. <laughs> no, I think, well, it, I think that's a great point because, uh, you know, especially modern parenting, we don't give cre- kids enough credit for what they do. And so they, they catch on to so much even at a young age. And we, as parents, sometimes it's easy to talk down to them instead of, like you said, talking at them or talking, mm-hmm. talking not at them, but talking to them and, and letting their little minds actually interact with us. So that, that's actually a really great point. Well, let me tell you this story, because it is, it is a pretty good story. I, at least I think it is, and I think there's a good lesson in here for every dad out there. Um, I, I would divorce my first wife years and years ago, um, and, and my, my kids were real young. They were like six and four uh, when, when we divorced. And they were growing up in, in Nebraska with my ex-wife. And my, my daughter moves in with me uh, her freshman year in high school. She comes to Texas and wanted to, to go to high school uh, growing up in, in my house. And we had, a, we had an interesting relationship. And I mean, I, I tried to do the best I could, but for the most part, my idea of being a father in those days was, what can I buy you now? Uh, what can I give you to make up for the fact that I was never there? Um, you know, what would you like to have so that you might think of what a great dad I am? Several years later, uh, I asked my daughter one time, uh, what was the best thing I ever gave you? What, what, what was, what's the one great gift that you remember? And I'm thinking she would talk about the car I bought her. I thought she would talk about the limousine I got her for the prom. I thought she would talk about all these other material things. And she said, Dad, you remember the night that Chris was out of town and she was at a horse show and you came home from playing golf all day and you told me to get dressed up because you were taking me to the Palm and I was your date. And we went to dinner at the Palm, Dad, and all the people kept coming up to you and trying to talk sports. And you just kept looking at him saying, I'm sorry, but I'm on a date with my daughter. I, I, I can't really talk to you tonight. 
And all you did, Dad, was sit there all night and listen to me and ask me about what was going on in my life and how high school was and how the adjustment to Texas was. And she goes, Dad, that was the, the greatest gift you ever gave me. And, and I, after I stopped crying, quite frankly, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I told her, I said, well, man, I, I wish you'd have told me that earlier because that only cost me like $138. <laughs> uh, that was a lot cheaper than half the stuff I ever did for you. you know? right. But I think, unfortunately for me, I think she was absolutely right. That that, that might have been the, the single best thing I did for my daughter, and I'm ashamed to say it, um, is that I just took her to dinner and all the way into town and all the way home and all the way during dinner, it was all about her. Uh, and I, I, I should have done that a great deal more. I, I should have done it a lot more, obviously. Wow, what an important lesson, though. I mean, the, these guys are dads of, of little girls. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's very interesting. I, I wonder, um, sort of before before we actually got rolling, you were talking about how really this business, uh, there are certain challenges in this business that, that make it very difficult sometimes to be a good dad. And I, we were just thinking, driving over here, that you're on every night, 6 to 10. A lot mm. of times that's opposite the times that you know, the kids are home or whatever. And I just wondered, what what are the specific challenges you found in your career? Well, I, I think that's the single biggest challenge. Um, uh, my ex-wife, uh, years ago, we, I was working in Minnesota. And my ex-wife actually said to me one night, um, uh, when's the last time you saw your kids awake? Uh, and I was doing morning radio in those days, but it's the same principle, it's the same theory applies. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, just tell me, when was the last time you saw your kids awake? And it had been 32 days. Wow. Oh, now, wow. they were little, and I would leave the house about 4.30 in the morning. Uh, I was doing the morning newscast, but I did it all day long. So I was on the air from 6 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night. And then at 7 o'clock at night, I was, you know, three nights out of the week, I was going to school board meetings, city council meetings. Uh, I was going to basketball and football games, you know, whatever. And then on the occasional night, uh, just so we're clear on this, uh, that, that maybe I should have gone home. I'm like, wow, I finally have a free night to myself, and my buddies and I would go hit a bar and play a little cards or whatever. Uh, weekends, I'm speaking, the banquets, I'm playing golf, you know. Um, and it, it had been 32 days. They were asleep wow. when I left, and they were asleep when I got home. Wow. So she says to me, we got to go back home. I, I want to go back home to Omaha, I want to go back to, to where you used to be when you just had that typical eight to five job. And uh, I, I just think that's the only way we're going to survive as a family. And I just looked at her, and I have no regrets about this, but I just looked at her and said, I can't do it. I can't possibly do it. Um, I, 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 as arrogant as this might sound, I, I feel like I can do any job you put in front of me, but I cannot do it from eight to five with a lunch hour break uh, from <laughs> noon to one. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I, Define what the job is, and if it takes 17 hours to do it, I'll be more than happy to give you 17 hours. But I cannot show up at 8 o'clock. I cannot wait for the bell to ring like my buddy did at Mutual of Omaha and be back at my desk when the bell rings at 1 o'clock and then leave at 5. I just, I just can't do it. So I then spent the rest of my life. I, shortly after that, I got my first TV job, and then it becomes, as you said, uh, you know, I'm on the air at 6 and 10. Uh, in Texas, we've always lived in the country, uh, so I, I never felt like I can drive 40 miles to, to go home for dinner. Um, you know, my, my daughter's playing softball, my daughter's playing basketball. I, I was never there. Um, 
I did fly back and forth to Nebraska to see my son play a little bit, uh, which unfortunately my daughter resented because she was like, oh, you'll buy a plane ticket and fly to Omaha to see <laughs> Eric play basketball, but you won't come to Capel. And I went, well, it's not exactly the same thing. <laughs> but, but I mean, I guess in her eyes it might have been. Yeah. Um, but there's a great demand. Um, th- this business is hard. I, 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 I'm not using this as, a, as an excuse because some people manage it quite well. Um, but for those of us who are on the air, and, and we're on the air at night, uh, and, and quite honestly, uh, you know, if you're going to be truly successful in radio, you're, you're on in the morning for the most part. Afternoon drive is, is pretty good. Uh, television, if you're successful, you're on at night. Um, not, not again, not, you know, there's, there's changing a little bit, but, but, but right. not much. And when I would then be on the air un- until 1030 at night, uh, make the long drive home, uh, I spend a couple hours unwinding, watching TV. Uh, I'm not really inclined to get up at 630 in the morning and see her off to school. Right. right. And I didn't. When the weekends finally would roll around, and, and in my case, for the past, uh, what, 34 years, I've been working six days a week, uh, nine months out of the year. Um, so Saturday rolls around, that's my day. You know, I wanted to go play golf with my buddies, and I wanted to see how many margaritas I could actually drink in a day. <laughs> or and um, and it, was, it was incredibly selfish, and I, I, I've never denied that. I've never denied that. Um, but it, it's that kind of a strain, and I do think it's important, as strange as this sounds and as, as much as some people disagree with me, but as I've said for the better part of 30-plus years, um, I, I couldn't have done it any other way. Because it, it, if I'm not happy in my life, there's just no way I, I can make them happy talking about my ex-wife or talking about my, my, my daughter, my son. If, if I'm not happy in my life, um, I don't have the ability to fake it to make you happy in your life. And I think that's true for everybody. Whatever job you have, I think you have to find a happiness in your own life. And if you do find that, then I think there's some tremendous benefits that you can start spreading to everybody. And I think my daughter now, uh, at the age of way too old, um, (laughs) I think my daughter would tell you now that uh, it was a tremendous trade-off. But the trade-off was actually pretty good. Um, I was able to do things for her. I was able to open doors for her. I was able uh, to, to help her get to where she wanted to be that I couldn't have possibly done uh, had I gone back to Omaha and sold insurance from 8 to 5. Um, somewhat the same for my son. Um, um, I, I think they missed that nuclear family growing up, you know, like like we all used to watch with Ozzy and Harriet and sure. Father Knows Best and all the rest of it. Um, if your audience is old enough, they can Google that up. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Galan and I remember. But, I yeah. Joe's yeah. a young and yeah, over here. But, <laughs> I, but, but that was, in many, many ways, that was the family I grew up in. I mean, um, both my parents worked, but my mom always fixed dinner, and we always sat around the table at 6 o'clock at night. And uh, My dad and mom went to all my baseball games. They went to all my basketball games. Um, 
sometimes I wish my dad wouldn't have gone, quite honestly. You know? <laughs> but, man, he was loud. Uh, <laughs> um, but, again, I just that's the point I always have tried to make is that I, I'm, I'm probably trying to, to uh, excuse my own failings, um, but, but I've just never looked back. I, um, my daughter and I have had several lengthy conversations about what it was like growing up um, as Dale Hansen's daughter, which, right. number yeah. one, she hated that of and by itself. I bet, yeah. And then, of course, as I told her, well, you didn't <laughs> seem to hate it when I got you tickets to the concert. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you loved that, <laughs> didn't you? You didn't hate it when I got you tickets behind the dugout for opening day. Right. You, know? you didn't hate it you know, when I had the money to do this, 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 and this. And, and again, it took a while, but I, I think she finally got there. And um, um, but, but that's a really long answer to what has been a really long process for me to come to grips with, that um, in many, many days of my life, I've sat down and thought uh, I, I, I failed my kids drastically because of the choices I made. And I always end up coming back to the same conclusion that it was the only choice I had. It was the only decision I could have made. And I've tried to make up for it um, as, as best I can, as best I could, rather. And I think my granddaughter, for example, will tell you I did exactly that. And, uh, awesome. So, that's so a, it is what it is. Yeah, that's an interesting point in, in retrospect after you've analyzed this after the fact and you have the opportunity to be a granddad. Yeah, do, you think, yeah. do you think that you intentionally made certain changes to... Oh, to yeah, without question. Yeah. I mean, without question. Uh, I, she went to school in Louisville, and, and, and you know, we li live in Waxahachie. Um, I, I made the drive from Waxahachie to Louisville. Now, I only did it well, once. I'm never going to ever do it again. <laughs> uh, no, but I, 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 mean, I, I, I drove to Louisville to uh, surprise her for lunch. Oh, uh, that's awesome. And I just walked in. I arranged with the principal that I could be there, and, and, um, and I just walked in. She was like in the sixth grade, seventh grade. And I just walked in and surprised her for lunch, and uh, she paraded me around the school. And <laughs> she was I, the coolest I, kid. I bought that all day. the kids in the in the, her class. I mean, ice cream bars, and yes. then the parents called and were complaining because I made their kids fat with with uh, cavities, you know. Whatever. <laughs> um, but I mean, she she and I, my granddaughter Mackenzie, um, we we've had we have rather uh, I think one of the most remarkable relationships I could ever imagine, well, and cool. and I think in great part is because I took those steps with her sure. uh, along with the fact that I always had the ability as I told my daughter I'm going to spoil this kid rotten and then I'll just <laughs> give her back to you right uh, <laughs> the job of every grandparent yeah I mean it's, it's, it, you know, it's it, I think that's pretty much the definition of a grandparent <laughs> in many ways sure. yes um, but I do I, I I sit I listen I talk with her all the, I mean we, we talk once a week she's 22 years old now uh, she calls awesome. it every week I call her every week uh, and on the very rare cases where we miss it, the conversation always begins with an apology as to, uh, you know, why we got busy or why we got sidetracked and didn't make the call. Uh, and we talk about what's going on in her life. Uh, uh, I tell her from the very beginning, uh, there was one of my favorite stories. I told her she was only like nine years old. And, um, and uh, she's sitting on my lap. I, I remember this. And uh, uh, but I sure as heck didn't think she would. Uh, <laughs> I, I told her, I said, you know, if, if you're a good little girl and, um, uh, you know, you don't cause your mommy any problems, uh, you get good grades in school, you don't do any drugs or drink any beer, uh, you know, when, when you uh, get to high school and you, you get your driver's license, uh, Papa's going to buy you a new car. 
Nice. That is awesome. And of course you wouldn't forget that. Right. Well, <laughs> she's now 16 years old. My phone rings, and it's, Papa, I'm ready for my car. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, Papa, you told me when I was nine. I said, well, who remembers that? <laughs> she does. And, and she goes, Papa, she goes, you said if I was a good girl, and we all know I'm a good girl. And she goes, Papa, you've seen my report card. You know I get very good grades. Uh, and, and, you know, and I've never done anything. You know, I'm like, wow. So I nod. It's okay. All right. What car do you want? And I mean, bang. You go, Papa, I want a, I want a Ford Escape. Just and right out the gate. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what that is. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking, man, I hope this isn't like some, lug- you know, well, it's like a n- nice little cheapy um, SUV. Right. Mini, mini SUV. And I, well, yeah, okay. All right. I said, uh, and I got a friend of mine who sells them, so that helped nice, a little right? bit. Nice. And, um, and I, I said, well, you know, what color do you want? And she said, well, Papa, you're good at that. And since you're paying for it, you can pick out the color. <laughs> and I'm like, Thanks. wow. So I picked out this deep royal blue, and, uh, and I bought her a car. And um, uh, I paid for her college, uh, I, I, thanks to the state of Texas in those days, where I bought that, that program they used to have until they basically went bankrupt with it, obviously. Right. Um, but I paid for her college. Uh, I, I pretty much, you know, m- my daughter's a single mother, and I helped them a great deal. And um, that's cool. That's uh, awesome. Because I can. Sure. Uh, um, but more importantly to me than any of the uh, material things that I've done for her uh, is the fact it was just like we were at Trophy Club where I was playing golf back back in the day, and uh, before we moved to Waxahachie. And it was on an Easter morning, and she was five. And they had this big Easter egg hunt uh, out on the golf course or you know, around the, the clubhouse. And we're all done with the Easter egg hunt. She's got a basket full, as every kid did. And all of a sudden, this little girl comes up, and her parents got there late. And the little girl had nothing. And she starts crying. Mm-hmm. And all the parents are like, oh, my gosh. Without prompting, Mackenzie walks over and just dumps her bucket and said, here, you can have some of mine. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I just looked at her, and, I mean, and she's been that way from the get-go. Um, and I hope I've played a part in that, uh, but, but I didn't have anything to do with that one. Yeah. Um, but but I've, I've told her what I expect. Um, I've made demands on her that I should have made on my own kids that I, I didn't do because I wanted them to like me since I was such a bum. Uh, when I ended up divorcing their mom. And I, I think kids, uh, well, I don't have any doubt about this. Kids want the discipline. They always talk about not wanting it. Um, but I was one of those liberal, crazy, hippie-type parents that was, <laughs> call me Dale, and, uh, uh, you know, we're friends. Oh, shut up. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that was the stupidest thing ever. And I finally had to tell my son one day, you don't call me Dale ever again. Now, we're done with that nonsense. <laughs> we were wrong about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> do over. Yeah, you know, and again, I think in many ways, I, I, in, in many, many ways, I hated my old man when I was growing up. Cause, I mean, he was scary bad. And I think he did go too far in many, many cases. But I don't have much doubt that I am who I am because of how I was raised. Sure. Mm. And I think kids need that. I mean, and I think deep down they really want that. And I think too many times, too many parents uh, try to be friends with their kids. Uh, and, and, you know, I like the fact that Mackenzie and I, my granddaughter, I think are what you would almost call friends. 
but she knows that Papa expects a great deal from her, and she's afraid to fail me. And I want her to be afraid to fail me, although she knows she can and will get past it. Um, but, but I don't want her taking me for granted, like I think her mom did on several occasions, and like her, uh, her uncle did as well. Um, and there's just nothing wrong with that. You know, I think one of the, the admirable things there in your story is your willingness to own the mistakes, the mistakes that you, you, you've, you know, analyzed that you've, that you've made. And it's something that, you know, like my own father, who, by the way, is a huge fan um, he, like he's like, can I be there? I'm like, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's you know it, uh, the the biggest leaps and bounds I've seen him grow as a person have been acknowledging the mistakes that he made with me and my younger sister because my youngest sister and brother are oh uh, I don't even know fifteen sixteen years apart for me and really? so it's it's wow. a, a a parenting lifetime different and for him yeah. to own to own those mistakes and learn from those. And, and and acknowledge those and, and incorporate those into his growth as a person. I think that's an admirable trait. So it's it, you know especially for you to look back at thirty years and be like, yeah, I, I did that. I don't have regrets. I wouldn't be where I'm at with that. That's actually that's really cool to me. Well, I, I appreciate that. And and again, I think there's something to that though because I mean, my dad never admitted to a mistake. Right. Um, right. Um, you know, I mean, it was his way or you know, off the wall you go. Um, in many <laughs> cases, but I, I did tell my dad when he died. Um, uh, you know, I said, Dad, I, I, I do love you. Uh, it, it obviously didn't seem like that many times over the years. <laughs> um, but I looked right at him and I said, I, I, I appreciate everything you did for me. Um, uh, you made me who I am, uh, warts and all. <laughs> and, and he just looked at me and said, I did the best I could. And uh, shortly before he died, and he just looked at me. I'll never forget that. And I thought, well, that, that, that pretty much is it. Uh, if you can look at yourself, uh, and I've looked at my daughter uh, and my son both, and I said, I, I have no doubt I failed you. I, I mean, I have no doubt that, that some of the decisions I made had a horrible impact on you. Um, growing up in, in a little town in Nebraska without your dad there for my son and my daughter for a long time, uh, that, that's almost unheard of, uh, you know, going back 25, 30 years. Sure. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody got divorces in Blair, Nebraska. Uh, nobody got divorced in Logan, Iowa. And it was almost you walk around town with this scarlet S all over your body or something that, that you know, you're a divorced woman or a, a divorced husband even. And, and so there's my son with, with um, you know, no father there. Uh, my daughter had no father there. Uh, I think they were embarrassed by that. Um, uh, until they got into their own lives and realized that unfortunately that is kind of a reality of our life nowadays. Right. Um, but I finally just said to him, I said, listen, you, you can complain all you want, um, um, but I did the best I could. And, and while that might not satisfy him, uh, it certainly doesn't mollify many of the complaints that some people make about me individually. I don't have any regrets. Um, because, again, the, the bottom line for me, uh, uh, I, I, I knew I had the opportunity, at least I believed it, uh, that I had the opportunity to, to financially take care of them forever, right. which in many ways I have, and most, most, most of the time I have. And that was important to me. And at the same time, I just knew that if I go home and work at one of the local stores in Omaha, I'm going to swallow a bullet. 
I'm, I'm just not yeah. that guy. Right. And, and at the very least, you need a father who loves his life and tries to impart that to you as best he can. Yeah. That's um, a good point. There was a, when I went back to Nebraska for my son's senior year of high school basketball game, and I flew back, and it was uh, parents' night, you know. So all the kids are out there, and sure enough, here comes every husband and wife and husband and wife. And I'm sitting there watching, waiting for my turn to walk out with my ex-wife. And every father just walked up and kind of shook hands, you know, with with their son. And I believe in this strongly uh, because my dad and I never did this. So every father walks out, shakes hands, pats him on the back maybe, shakes hands, pats him on the back. I just walked up, grabbed my son and pulled him into me and just started kissing all over his face. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just, you know, and the crowd is just screaming. I mean, the crowd is out of control. (laughs) And Eric, my son's pulling away like, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) And I said, I love you, boy. I love you. Which my dad never said to me. And uh, a a week or two later, uh, I'm like, hey, uh, you know what, what? What's everybody saying uh, about about your old man? They go, oh, Dad, what a scene! What a scene! And he said, "Boy, everybody's just been teasing me and teasing me." And and then he just kind of stops. He goes, "But you know, Dad, I have to tell you, every one of my teammates came up and said they wish their old man had done the same thing." Wow. And I just think this this showing of affection, and I don't really blame my dad for it too much because I know for a fact that. His generation just didn't do that, right? And uh, and my kids will tell you if 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 I drive them nuts now in any <laughs> particular way, it's because I'm at this day I'm still hugging on them and kissing on them and telling them I love them uh, every day, every every phone call we make, every time we're together, every time I see them. Uh, you can't say it enough, you know. Uh, and sometimes my son in particular will kind of like, yeah, all right, oh yeah, okay. But I'm pretty sure there's a part of him that kind of likes it. Because yeah. I know as much as he acted like he hated it in Blair, Nebraska, his senior year, I know he liked it a great deal. Yeah, totally. So I guess that's one of the interesting things. Like you talked about the way that your your granddaughter is different, you know, like raised differently, the way she acts. I guess if, how have you observed parenting change from when you were a parent, like particularly between how you raised your kids and how they raise theirs? Like you said, you wanted to be their friend. Which, yeah. like you said, a lot of parents do nowadays. Oh, I think they still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. But, but, yeah. Like, w- but I think there's. I, see, this 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 is the theory that I've always had, and I'm and I'm I'm actually pretty sure I'm right about this. Uh, this will probably offend a few people along the way, but but <laughs> that's what we're all about here. Gee, yeah, I, right. I've never in my life offended anybody before. <laughs> but but this this to me is kind of the problem that I think a lot of parents have. We we have no pamphlet for this. No. Uh, you know, we no. have we have no formula for this. Um, you know, it, it, the single most important job we have, the single most important thing we do as a people, is, is raise children and give them an opportunity to compete in life. And no one really knows how to do it. Right. No one really does. Uh, and, I, and I say this because. I know for a fact that you know there, there's some of the greatest families ever uh, in, in Plano and Coppell and Frisco and the husband and the, the mother's home all day and the husband comes home with a million dollars in his bank account and the kids have a, a HBO and their TV and their private cell phones and you know the, the parents go to every and Plano leads the nation in teenage suicides. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the drug epidemic <laughs> in, in North Dallas among some of our richest kids is, is, is staggering. And then you go to South Dallas, and you know the father's not there, the mother's not there. They're broken homes. They're, uh, you know, nobody's there to fix them breakfast in the morning because they don't even have enough money to buy breakfast. And some of those kids that I've had the opportunity to meet over the years are some going to be and are some of the most outstanding citizens we've ever raised in America. And I sit there and I look at the dichotomy of this, and I go, "How how is this possible?" I thought. If mom and dad were home for dinner every night at 6 o'clock and they went to their kids' games and they bought them all these nice things and put them in a nice bedroom, well, then everything would be great. And the reality is it's just not. And it's a scary proposition that if I take you to the General Motors plant and I hire you to put bumpers on cars, I have a booklet. And the booklet says, here's how you do it. You put in this screw, this screw, this screw, and oh, by the way, you should do 10 an hour, and I'll be able to judge at the end of this hour if you're good at your job or not. Uh, sportscasters, here's what you have to do. Here's how you do it. Uh, if, if, if you do this, A, B, C, and D, you got to write this in the script. you got to give the director that. And, oh, by the way, at the end of the day, we'll look at the ratings. We'll look at the job you did. And we can judge easily if you're good or bad. A parent? we got no idea. we got no idea. <laughs> and the thing that really makes me angry almost, and, and what really drives me nuts is it the only thing in America that you don't have to pass a test? <laughs> I mean, yeah. every place you go. You want to drive a car? Well, certainly, certainly. You know, John, and you, Joe, here, you got, you got to pass this test first. Every job I've ever applied for in my life. Well, Mr. Hanson, we'd love to hire you, but we're going to have to give you this test. Um, you, every job. <laughs> Yep. You want to be a teacher, of course you do, but you got to go to school first, and then you got to be an intern, and then you got to have to pass the test. And you want every single job in America, every single job requires you to pass some kind of a test. Yep. You want to be a parent? No, hell, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you just go out there and you just have a kid, and uh, don't you know? And then we'll figure it out later. I mean, think about that. Yep. I I, I don't have this great answer necessarily, (laughs) but think about this. The single most important thing we're asking adults in this society to do, in my opinion, is to raise children. And it's the only thing in America that you can do without passing a test first. You can, and the reality is, I think it would be almost impossible to give you such a test because we don't know what the questions are, and we yes. certainly don't know what the answers are. Yes. Because all you have to do is look at the city we live in and just start looking north, south, east, and west. Look at the rich families, the poor families, the families in between. And I'll find good kids in every neighborhood in our whole region, and I will find bad kids in every part of the region we live in. And I step back from that and I go, how's that possible? How is that possible? Part of what helped me, when I was growing up in this little town in Iowa, my dad was so strict, and he was so mean, and he was so demanding, and I just resented it every day. I mean, he would walk up the steps, he'd take a, he always did the same thing. He would come up the steps from the basement, take a left to go through the kitchen, and as I heard him coming up the steps, I went right down the hallway, and then I would go back down into the basement (laughs) so that I could avoid him. And... One of my best buddies, Denny Cadell, his dad, Chet, might have been the coolest old man I think I've ever seen in my life. 
And we'd go down there, and he'd flip us a couple of cigarettes, and <laughs> he'd let us sneak a beer out of his refrigerator, and he would joke with us about the girls that we were going to go out and date that night and make all these obscene jokes that would make a 14-year-old boy just giggle. <laughs> <laughs> and we could do anything, and it didn't matter what time. When I, so whenever you wanted to go out and have a big party, you just told your dad you're staying all night at Denny Cadell's house because Chet didn't <laughs> care. And I thought, man, oh, man. Why can't my old man be like Chet Cadell? And Denny died as an alcoholic at 39 years of age. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I think in great part because he was Chet Cadell's son. Yeah. Yeah. He was drinking. He was smoking. He, he had no demands on him. He was struggling through school. He bounced around a few jobs, and he dies you know, of a heart attack when he's 39, 40 years old. Um, that was such an incredible eye-opener for me and um, came a little bit late for my kids because uh, uh, they were already out of high school and on their way to college. But from that day forward, I tried as best I could to say these are the rules. Uh, uh, these are the expectations I have, and I'm not afraid to make them because I demand greatness from you. I demand it, and I demand it because I expect it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to beat you up if you right. don't do it. Right. <laughs> but I want you to know there are standards. And um, one of the hardest things I ever did in my life, I kicked my daughter out of the house. She was going to college at North Texas. And she comes home and she had like a 1.0 because she was just a party girl like her old man. And uh, I just kicked her out. And she was slumming in East Texas someplace and scrambling to put her life back together. And... Um, it was a friend of mine who kind of convinced me of this tough love policy. And again, I'm not saying it works for everybody, but it worked for us. And finally, my wife went to see her one time and said, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, she's just living in squalor. And uh, I got her on the phone. She breaks down crying. I break down crying. I said, you want to go back to school? You want to do it right? She ended up graduating from North Texas, got her master's degree, and she's a principal at Truett Elementary now. No, wow. awesome. uh, and I really do think although she'll probably tell you to this day that was a little bit harsh dad <laughs> um, but I think without question that had I apologized for her failures had I um, uh, rushed to her defense like I did most of the time um, and just you know she gets arrested for not paying her speeding tickets or whatever well then you figure it out you sit there for a while I may or may not come bail you out um, unfortunately, it's hard for parents to do it, and I think more so nowadays, because, you know, I, I, I get so sick and tired of parents who always blame the coach when their kid's not the star quarterback. Yep. Uh, they blame <laughs> the teacher when their grades aren't right. I mean, my yep. daughter wrestles with this on a daily basis. And you'll see these kids that just, you know, and again, there's other issues in play here. I get that. But it's always the school's fault. It's always the teacher's fault. My dad never took the side of a coach. My dad never thought the umpire made a mistake. My dad never thought the teacher was being unfair to me. It never, ever happened. I was not allowed to mouth off to an umpire. I was not allowed to question the coaches. I was not allowed to, to argue with a teacher. And I said, but dad, I'm telling you, they're wrong. Didn't want to hear it. And I'm in hindsight, I'm not sure they were, quite honestly. But I, but I absolutely believe that we would be better served uh, 
um, I really do believe this. If, if and I never did it with my kids, by the way. I I never. That's the thing that I the one thing that I do think I was pretty decent at. I I never allowed my kids to argue with an umpire. I never blamed my coaches, their coaches rather, or their their teachers. That I didn't want to hear. Never did want to hear that. Uh, and that was about as close as I got to what you might consider real discipline. Um, but parents, parents who blame coaches and umpires and referees and teachers <laughs> just drive me crazy. And yeah, we're in the same boat there. That drives, yeah, just irritates me to no end that they do that. Like, there's no, there's no ownership. It's not your kid didn't mess up. It's no. you know, it's always blame and. and we live in a culture of that. Blame someone else. Blame, oh, blame someone else. Walk and, away. And we, and we all win. That's yeah, that's yeah. I'm old school here. <laughs> no. But I, I went to this little seventh grade banquet. Or, you know, every kid on the team got a trophy. Yeah. And I realize this is old <laughs> school here. <laughs> They're not all that good. But <laughs> one of you kids did not deserve a trophy. I mean, I'm sorry. Some I'm just going to take a stab in the dark here. That one of you kids was not the most improved fat kid who couldn't whatever. I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> I be lost, like me. I never got a prize I, no, when I was a kid. I, 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 a I lost when I was four years old. I, I played organized baseball at the age of four, and we had winners and losers. And I remember crying dozens of times uh, uh, all the way through school at different, you know, and I wouldn't have it any other way. No, I, I just I just wouldn't. I, uh, as I've said many times, you know, I don't really care. Uh, you know, when my son or daughter would lose a game, uh, because as I said, I, I'm not going to get upset because somebody decided to stop the game before my kid had an opportunity to recapture the lead. You know, I'm just that, that's hey, that's the way we play. <laughs> I, my son would have got the lead back, but they decided to stop the game. I'm sorry, we're done. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and yet, you know, I would I would cry. The, the last baseball game I played, uh, I never forget it. I wish I could, quite honestly. Um, but the last baseball game I played, uh, we had ten kids on our team. Uh, we only had ten. And uh, we had one little fat kid that sat on the bench in case somebody broke a leg, and that was about <laughs> it. And we were in this the, the state tournament, and we're playing an all-star team from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Now, now think about this. My hometown was 1,300 people, and we had 10 kids went out for the baseball team, and nine of us played, all nine played, and that's it. And the other kid, eh, very soft. <laughs> and the next thing I know... We're playing this team, an all-star team from Council Bluffs, which is a town of about 70,000. And they've got like 20 kids on that wow. team, and they show up with cheerleaders and busfuls of parents and fans. And Oh, my, I, I never seen anything like that in my life. They had kids of color, which not where I come from. You know, I'm, all of a sudden, we're, this, this black kid gets a base hit. He's still second and third before I had even had a chance to look up for Kramer's sakes. And, I mean, and we had them beat. And now, but we're down five to four, and th there's two runners on base, and Mark Clark batted third. I batted cleanup, and Mark Clark got called out on a pitch that I swear to you was a foot outside and about a foot too high. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm coming to bat with the bases loaded, and there was nothing I wanted more. I mean, I had no fear in those days. I had no fear. And the umpire signals strike three, and I'm like. I mean, I've never been so mad because we had a chance to beat this all-star team from Council Bluffs. 
a town of 70,000 people. And they, it wasn't even a team from Council Bluffs. It was an all-star team <laughs> from Council Bluffs. <laughs> and we're driving home, and my old man just looked at me and said, well, maybe if you hadn't thrown that ball away when the kid tried to steal third and he ended up scoring, you'd have been tied. Uh, and I'm like, that's your answer to me? You know? <laughs> and and uh, but but you know he just he never said how proud he was. Never said you know what a great effort. None of that stuff. We lost. End of story. Get over it. And 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 for the most part, it, it's only been it, it's only been about uh, fifty seven years. So I'll be over it here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe one day. I mean, it's, yeah. it's eaten away at me for about fifty six, fifty seven years. You working I mean, on I'll, it? It's okay. I'll move on here eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I tell you the truth. In, in hindsight, I, I watched I watched my son lose some games and. As I told people on the air back in those days, uh, well, I'm a little hoarse today because I went to watch my son play, and I'm screaming and hollering, but I'm screaming and hollering, you know, right. in an encouraging way, uh, you know, just yelling for the good old aspect of yelling at a basketball game, right. and I never railed on my, uh, I never railed on my son for what he did or didn't do on a game. I never railed on my daughter for what she did or didn't do uh, at a game, and I constantly told them, um, and I think they had a little trouble understanding this for a while. I said, I don't really care if, if you win or lose. I, I really don't. Uh, I, I better not ever hear that you kind of dogged it, you know. <laughs> uh, you're you're going you're gonna to play by the rules. You're going to play with enthusiasm. You're going to keep your mouth shut around umpires, and you're going to make people around you better. That, that's the mantra of my whole life. That, that's, that, that's the basic lesson that my dad taught me when I was four years old. You play with enthusiasm. You play by the rules, you keep your mouth shut around those umpires, and you try to make people around you better. You win. I don't care what the final score is. You win when you play the games, and you follow those same four simple rules that I learned on a baseball field when I was four. That's how you win in life. I mean, you think about it. You yep. compete with enthusiasm in life. You play by the rules as, as, as best we can. Right. You 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 never mouth off to the people in authority and if you really do commit yourself to making people around you better oh my gosh it's stunning how many individual honors and awards will come your way i mean guys i've made a lot of money over the years just saying here's george reba I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know, here's your trophy you know i mean that's, that's what, you know, oh, that's I said on the air, I go, bah, bah, bah. Hey, here's George Reba, here's Mike Leslie, here's Joe Trahan, you know, here's Jerry Orr, here's Tony Martinez. Um, once I realized <laughs> how important it was that the people around me got more credit and, and got more involved and more opportunities to shine, I, I'm dead serious about this. When I was in Omaha, Nebraska, the whole show was me. The, the whole sports cast was me. When I came to Dallas at Channel 4, and I had a certain amount of success there, but I got fired eventually, but the whole show was me. I mean, I did my own package stories. I did my own highlights. I edited the tapes. Uh, when I even had an editor, I'd lean over their shoulder and say, no, 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 back that up, move it here, put that play in, I don't like that, move, you know, give me a cutaway. You know. Then I came to, to Channel 8, and that's when I started, here's George Reba. Yeah. And Reba had his claim to fame, Jerry Ord, Tony Martinez, now Mike Leslie, Joe Trahan. And, and they fill up more than half of my sports cast every night. And 
it cannot possibly have worked out any better. And the simple lesson of all of that was is that I did everything I could to give the people around me an opportunity to be great. And the better they are, uh, the more recognition they get, it always works its way back to me. I mean, it really does. I don't mean that as arrogant or selfish or whatever. But Arnold Payne did this unbelievable story about a boxer who lost his leg the other day. Worked on it for a couple of months, putting this beautiful piece together. And I knew it would happen, and it did. And I got about 10 emails the very next morning. Dale, I just got to tell you, that might be one of the best stories you've ever done. And, and my whole contribution to that story was basically saying, what a story this is. Here's Arnold Payne. Uh, and, and yet, and so I forwarded these emails to AP, and I said, hey, I told you this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Yep. You know, I always awesome. use the analogy of like Michael Jordan, you know. Uh, yep. Michael Jordan was an unbelievable player for six years, but nobody thought he was the best player in the game. They thought it was Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or, you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, he wins six NBA championships. He didn't score as much then. Uh, He passed the ball more, you know. Shared the spotlight with Scottie Pippen. Bingo. They're winning NBA titles. And as soon as they did, Michael Jordan became the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, he didn't do anything in years 7 through 12 that he didn't do in years 1 through 6, right. Right. except win. And it's the same thing for kids. And, and uh, uh, there are just too many parents out there now uh, uh, who just get obsessed with, you know, how many points did their kids score? Yeah. How many, how many yards did my son run for? Uh, how, how, how did my daughter perform in the meet as compared to ignoring the rest of the team? No, that was, that was never the message that my dad gave to me, and it was never the message I gave to my kids. And if I've done anything in my life, I think that's probably the best thing I did do. Um, well, but, yeah, so I guess one of the, the quick things before we wrap up is, you, you know, in years past you were known for charities with kids and everything. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you're doing now that you can promote here or that people in the DFW area or even outside of it could look into? Well, the only charity I've, I've kind of moved on to now for, for a lot of reasons is domestic violence. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the Genesis Women's Shelter is probably where um, uh, most of my work and most of my money on occasion goes. And um, I, I believe very strongly in, 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 in helping kids. And, and, uh, because, as I said earlier, it, it, it is the single most important thing we, we can do. Um, but um, as much as I'd like to say, hey, you know, Here's the boys club that I help, you know, send money. Um, I, I've kind of moved, I've, I've moved most of my attention and most of my time and, and, uh, and the occasional check and whatever is to, um, is to domestic violence because I've seen too much of that in our cities. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to do what little bit I can to help stamp that out. Although uh, the reality is I don't think it's ever going to happen. That's an incredibly important thing to, to do. I mean, yeah, we, we might be a dad podcast, but domestic abuse yeah. is something that you can't. Well, and again, I think it's a part of uh, being a dad. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just recorded a promo today for the Genesis Women's Shelter, and it was talking about the fact that 40% of kids who grow up in an unhealthy relationship um, where, where they see violence in the house, Uh, 40% of those kids will become abusers themselves. Wow. And I think it's incredibly important for every dad out there uh, to realize uh, real men don't hit women. Uh, Gentlemen don't hit women. And as bad as that oven by itself is, 
when you think about the fact that by you being an abuser, as horrific as that individual act is, uh, your son's probably going to follow you. Uh, so so if, if you can't rein yourself in and realize that real men don't hit women, and for whatever reason you can't rein yourself in to stop abusing the woman that you're in a relationship with now, do you, do you really want to raise your son to be an abuser? Because I think that's, that's, that's ultimately the, the arguments that we have in society. And I've also told this story many, many times. But, um, I, you know, parents should be the role models for their children. But I do believe the, the obvious reality is, is that too many times in our society, they, they just can't be. They're right. just not. Right. Uh, my dad never smoked a cigarette in his life. Uh, told me about the evils of smoking and the dangers of smoking long before the Surgeon General ever got around to it in 1964. But Arnold Palmer did a commercial after winning the Masters and said that smoking cigarettes helped calm him down on the golf course. <laughs> and I, wow. as I, I said, well, my dad drove a truck. Yeah. Arnold Palmer won the Masters. <laughs> I'm 14 years old, and I had a pack of cigarettes in my golf bag. Yeah. And I would get away from the clubhouse, and I would light up and start smoking because Arnold Palmer said that it made him a better golfer. Wow. It's like a buddy of mine says, well, you know, I, it's like the kids wear their cap on backwards, you know, or something. I said, one, I don't care about that, of course. But I'm saying, you know, well, I told my son. I'm, I'm the boss of our family. I'm, I'm the mentor. Uh, so I told my son, turn that cap around. And by golly, he left the house, and he had his cap bill facing forward. And I looked at him. This was a buddy of mine, Mike Fisher, and we're on the air uh, on a radio show. And I said, I'll bet you $100. He turned that cap around before he was 100 feet out that front door. <laughs> <laughs> because Tony Romo wore his cap backwards, or right. Ken Griffey Jr., whoever his idol was. Right, right. And that's the, 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 the problem that parents have in our society right now is that they're trying to raise their children, and there's so many out, outside influences that are making it so hard, which takes us back to where I began this very long conversation. Listen to your kids. Listen to what it is they need and what they want, and try to help them get there. You don't have to dictate to them, but you do have to be the father. You do have to be the mother. You do have to be the, the elder statesman in the room. Don't be afraid to be a disciplinarian, but pay attention. Because I love kids. I, kids don't scare me. Uh, I had the Beatles bangs <laughs> hanging into my eyes. And, uh, you know, I had a choker chain I used to wear later, you know, uh, the stupid beads thing we used to wear. My dad was convinced I was going straight to hell. Uh, and I think I came out okay. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love kids. I don't understand them, but, but uh, I, 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 I love kids, and I just think parents make a mistake by trying to tell their kids, this is the music you listen to. Yeah. Oh, please. Every generation of kids listens to something that we all know the devil himself wrote. <laughs> I mean, that music was written, produced by the devil. Right. There's not a doubt in my mind. Uh, <laughs> as it was when the Beatles started playing for me and Elvis started playing for my cousin before. And I mean, yep. um, you know, it's a great opportunity to be a parent. Um, but it starts uh, just by simply listening to what your kids want and need. And that's that's awesome. We've come full no. circle. Yeah, we have. We have. So, so yeah. So yeah. It's I, called callback. I, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we're getting industry terms here. Mr. Dillhans. Oh no, no. I was gonna say. I was gonna say the same thing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. For taking yeah. the time. You know, it's an awesome conversation to, yeah, to, to, to just listen to you talk. Just the someone of your experience just the, through life. It's, I appreciate it very much, guys. No. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
so guys that was for for us a really entertaining opportunity and there were several like like you said gold nuggets or like gems that he he shared uh during that interview so i i just thought maybe we could talk Talk about about a few sure firstly you know the first thing the first thing i want to say is you know thank you so much to to dale hansen yes um to his producer or yeah yeah, for setting that up taking care of us great dedicating you know uh, their time that evening to helping us helping us do that 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 was so awesome that was a great experience um thank you so much for the opportunity and the in the time before we get any further about our reflections on that but yeah there's that was really that was mind-blowing for me for him to come out i mean in, in i know it's kind of a softball question but it's like i liked it i like the idea and we didn't ask it of todd in the last episode but it's like what we what do we think someone what makes a Good dad, right? Yeah. Like, well, well, we say softball question jokingly because I mean, I think I think right off the top when you ask someone like that, it's like a yeah. question like that with no prep. They're right. like, Whoa, okay, right, um, right from the jump. But I, first of all, I thought it was amazing that right off the bat he was like, "Listen, guys, I'm not winning any Father of the Year awards." Yeah, yeah. and yeah. he was like, what, "What seemed like to us, you know, pretty like honest about that the whole time." Yep. I like the fact that. And, and people, I know people listening to this, there's going to be dads, I'm sure, that, that would make some judgments mm-hmm. um, about some of the things that, that he said. But sure. I thought that what was interesting is basically it seemed like looking back, he knew, he's like, look, I, I wasn't the greatest dad during this time. Um, I sacrificed a lot of that for my career. Um, I, I own that. I'm not trying to make excuses for that. Like, he actually said that. I thought that was good. Right. And he said, but... I don't have regrets because I devoted that time to my career. Now there's all of these other things that I've been able to do for my kids, which I thought was very interesting because in a way, I think that speaks universally to every dad. Like you're, you're trying to find that balance um, that you feel like is the right one between your career, you know, your, your relationship with your wife or significant another, your, you know, your kids, Right. And, and what what's the best answer? Well, and, and, you know, so for someone to be like, oh, I'm not going to win any Father of the Year awards, like that conversation was inspiring to me as a dad. You know, just to be like, like you said, you know, listen to your kids. I mean, we, as I mentioned in that, that was it's a like, huge one. We don't like it. And as a parent, like there are times where Ellie's talking and it's just like, okay, it's cool. Right. And even after that episode, even like yesterday and, and this morning, I'm like, yeah, that's great. And, and I, I mean, I think it's, we, we do that in life. Like it's, we're, we're kind of half paying attention, but it's, I mean, from a certain perspective, tomorrow's not promised. Like, I want to, to enjoy. I want to embrace every single moment. I wanted to, you know, wait with bated breath on almost every word my kid has to say because I can I can learn so much from her as a four year old, as a ten year old, whatever it might be. Like potty training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I need we're a lot still, of help with potty training. We'll start waiting on that one. <laughs> but it's you know it was for him to say, man, you know, it's like for him to own it. And, and again, I mentioned that too. For him to own the mistakes he made and to basically be like, he's like, I did the best I can to echo his own father's words. I did the best I can. You know, it was, that was really, really cool. That was, it, it was, it was almost, it was humbling, you know? Yeah. Just, just to follow up on what you were saying or to expand on what you were saying with listen to your kids. It was amazing that from his perspective, he was like, look, I can give you all of the, I can give all these monetary things to my daughter. Um, and then when he, he, you know, he talks about how, when he asked her, what is, you know, what's the greatest yeah. thing I ever gave, gave you. And it was just, Hey, that night where you just listened to me all night. Yes. Yeah. I yeah that's, that was amazing. 
you know, I, I, I can't say enough about that. It's, it's, that's something that, that's an, an interview. That's a segment of our episode that I'm probably going to go back and listen to countless times, just trying to pull every bit of, of wisdom, uh, from that. And, and that's something, you know, you know, from your parents, you know, especially, you know, not of not all of us have the best relationship with our dad, but as we grow as, as we grow as fathers and get experience at it, we learn more and more their perspective. And to go back and have those adult conversations and say, what what were you what was going on here? Not what were you thinking in a negative way, but it's like what was your thought process? Help me understand because as you know, we can go back and we can learn so much from our own dads once we get over once we get past the mistakes they've made. And that's really hard. You know, it's something my dad and I talked about. There are a lot of mistakes that he's made. And as we've had those conversations through the years, there's been a lot that I've been able to take away from his own self-reflection from him talking about our experience, like how his experience with raising me, um, you know, and, and for Dale to have that, you know, he has so many years of being a parent, you know, he said his granddaughter was 22, 22 years of being a grandfather. There's a lot of, of self-reflection in there. Um, you know, and just in him being in the position he is, doesn't change the experience. There are people that, you know, blue collar workers or white collar workers every day that have that same experience that have raised six kids that have, you know, like my grandmother, at one point, grandmother, grandfather, that had like 20 grandkids. There's so much experience that we can take from those yep. in a position, even if our experiences with them weren't great. There's so much to learn from their perspective. And and I think that's something that, that we lose sight of, especially kind of modern, modern 20 and 30 somethings where it's like we look back and maybe we're a little more bitter about what our parents did or didn't do. There's yeah. still so much wisdom to be gained from them. And that interview with Dell really helped cement that in as as one of the foundations that i want to have one of the pillars that i build my parenting on, on. and i sorry oh. no i just want to jump oh. in for a second <laughs> it's not no. an episode if we don't over talk each other i know that's just the way it goes um but the thing that really stuck out to me that i love that was probably one of my favorite parts is the fact that he talks about parenting you know and we've touched on this before that parenting has no manual and he and the fact that he was going on and saying like it is it is astounding to him that parenting is the most like the the thing with the most importance in your life and is the one thing that you don't have to take a test for because we don't know the questions to ask for the test and like him his reflection on that was just fascinating to me yeah that's something that I, yeah, just like to, i mean to, to summarize even though you just listen to it it's like driving mm-hmm. uh, broadcasting school teaching whatever it is there's a test out yeah, there any somewhere. any job. Yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> Even it's if it's like, just your performance in that job or whatever, yeah. there's some sort of test. Yeah. I mean, we gave Galan a test before we started recording the Detox podcast. And, and I people. failed it, and I just, but, but I own the stuff, so, right? like, so I, I kind of so impose myself. Anyway. <laughs> but it's, but yeah. I mean, parenting, you can be you can be a kid. Like, you can be a 14 or 15-year-old and be a parent because, uh, you know, you didn't. Why? Yeah. How does that work, Galan? Well, well um, irresponsibility. <laughs> yeah, we get to get into a conversation about sex education in our country, but that's probably a different episode. Um, but it's just like, you know. you could, <laughs> That's every episode. Yeah, you could, be, you could be a kid raising a kid. There's no, this isn't AI, the movie, you know, with Haley Joel Osment, where it's like you have to apply to be kid, to be parents. I thought AI was the, or was that another the movie one? Was with there, Will Smith. No, AI. No, no. AI was the one with uh, Haley Joel. I Robot was, was the one with. Oh, Oscar. you're right. Yeah, so it's. I, I mean, don't remember that applying enough. to be. I thought that there was one of them. It's like they had to. Maybe this. Maybe that's not. Maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it's been a I, long maybe time. Maybe you're generating an original screenplay oh. at this moment. 
No, okay, yeah, I probably am. It's probably not the case. Well, you should still know. reach out to Haley Joel Osment and see if he's interested. Dude, in I would love to have a conversation with him. He's not a dad or anything, but man, that would be maybe one day. Maybe, yeah, maybe we one don't day. know. I think it'd be cool to have, sit down and have a conversation with that. Do dude. you know for a fact he's not? I think he's only in his mid twenties. Hey, think he, that doesn't mean Haley Joel. If you're listening to this, <laughs> hit us back and let us know if you're a dad or not. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but we digress because I was going to say another thing that I thought was awesome um, was. When he talked, you know, I mean, he talked about how strained his relationship was with his dad, mm-hmm. but then his dad also imparted to him those four rules to live by yeah. that he, he yes. spoke about. And honestly, I thought we were about to end the our discussion with him right there because I was like, man, that's amazing to end on, especially that last one that yeah. he said has been his whole sort of professional philosophy is, is you know, like make those around you better. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, that was great. Those rules were great too. Uh, it was. So again, you know, we would love to hear from you and, and your thoughts on that, uh, especially if you're a first-time listener and you found this on that episode through social media, or if you've been with us since the beginning or whenever. It's like, I would love to hear your, and we would love to hear your thoughts. This show's all about me. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts Clearly. on Dale Hansen. Hit us up you know, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Message us, you email can, you us. You can at, find all that stuff at detoxpodcast.com. Yes. Yeah. You'll find links to all that stuff. Yeah, just... So. It's That's such a great D T A L K S podcast. Yeah, sometimes going with an acronym for a name is not necessarily the the best thing. Yes, I will say if you like Dale Hansen or you've never heard of him but you like the interview and you want to follow him, uh, you can definitely check him out on Facebook.com, like his Facebook page, Dale Hansen, and also you can follow him on Twitter at Dale Hansen. Hansen spelled H A N S E N. And you can go out to YouTube, like like we said, search Del Hansen Unplugged, yes. and you'll see a, a lot of his cool editorial videos are out there. Yeah, and he, also he does an annual thing. It's like Thank God for Kids. I think he yes. does it in December. Those That's are always cool. interesting too. Um, and then also the the charity talked about the Genesis Center for Domestic Abuse. Yes. Like him talking about yeah. just briefly touching on that. It's that's something that I've always felt really strongly about. Um, yeah, I think that's another topic we we're gonna yeah, have yeah, on, the, on the docket at some point. Yeah, sure. that, that, that's right really person. heavy. Yeah, because it's, that's just kind of a dark um, subject to talk about. But yeah, so again, thanks so much to Dale. Thanks to you guys for listening to that. And uh, we're going to be back in just a moment with America's favorite segments, um, Dad Jokes, Ask the Dads, and things to check out, not necessarily in that order. All right, we are back for America's favorite segments, starting with Ask the Dads. Dads, are you ready for a question? I will say this. I think they're America's favorite segments because it means the end of the show. <laughs> for some of them, for sure. I'm sure. Uh, although, you know what? Those people probably have stopped listening to us long ago. <laughs> probably. Oh, right. It's such so, a relief that Galan guy's finally going to shut up. Be like, hi, you're in for a rude awakening. Guys, I'm wondering, to go along with the theme of this show, uh, or, or to go along sort of with, with something that Dell said earlier on in the show, I'm wondering what the, what's the biggest mistake that you've made so far as a dad? So you guys are still pretty young dads. Um, by pretty, I mean beautiful. Well, you guys are beautiful, I mean, young dads. Yeah, no. yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're beautiful. Thank you. I was Mr. going with Christina Blunt. Aguilera. Oh, okay. Oh, right. in every single way. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Fair enough. Now, Joe, you have to say a dumb song. I don't have one. You guys took up the two beauty songs. The beautiful people. Which know. one is it? Marilyn Manson. Oh, oh, see, I don't know. I don't like. I don't hate myself, so I don't listen to Marilyn Manson. 
Interesting aside, I read his book just, years ago, and it was actually kind of a fascinating read. He's a lot more intelligent than he put off. In sure, the, I mean, I thing. get that. Also, we just lost his sponsorship. Yeah, sorry, I said that. sorry, Dang sorry. It, there, we'll add him to the this list. Episode Detox Podcast <laughs> featuring Dill Hanson, sponsored by Marilyn Manson, is now. <laughs> oh we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board, guys. But uh, Hanson so, Manson, biggest uh, hashtag Hanson Manson. <laughs> Hashtag Hanson Manson. People, <laughs> people I'm not going to vote on and be like, what? I'm not going to vote for that, guys. No, that's, I think um, that's appropriate to uh, not vote for it. But no, so the, the biggest mistake that I've made, I, I think, I mean, really, it's it's losing my temper um, with her. And, you know, I, I think there's a an appropriate escalation of not anger, but just discipline as you raise your voice. Like, you, you have the conversation where it's like, no, you don't need to do that. Here's why. And they keep doing it. And then eventually you get to the point where, you know, it's like you're having to raise your voice at him. Not because you're angry, but because it's effective. It's like you're the parent and they're, they're hearing you, your angrier voice. And it's like it stops them. Right. But there are times where it's, you know, maybe something my day just hasn't gone right. And she just immediately pushes my buttons because she's her mother's daughter. And that's it's genetic. Um but it's like there's been there's been a couple times where it's just like I lose my anger. I tell her to something damn something or cut that bullshit out or something. And it's I realize that it's man, I screwed up. And it's I immediately go and I find her and I'm like, especially if I make her cry immediately because it's, that's not fair to her. Right. And I immediately seek her out and I'm like, I'm sorry I lost my I lost my patience. I'm sorry that. I, I'm sorry that I acted that way, and it's uh, daddy's not. I, that daddy's. It's, I'm not saying that daddy's not going to do that in the future. I will do my best not to, but it makes me feel like in that moment that I wasn't the dad I was supposed to be. I wasn't being a better dad in that instance, and so I think that's my biggest mistake. Is I mean, I have anger outbursts every once in a while, and then I I like to think that for the most part I'm fairly patient, but there are some sometimes just during the day things happen that that patience is just gone. Sure. Um, and, and it's not fair to take it out on anybody, let alone a four-year-old kid. Right. Um, I would echo that sentiment. I think that's genuinely my biggest mistake is losing my temper when I shouldn't. And mm-hmm. I should just recognize, you know, their maturity level and the situation that's going on. But since I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse, um, what I will say is probably another m- mistake has been not um and i brought this up uh, i think on the sleeping episode but not uh recognizing when my kid was ready to transition into a a bed as opposed to a crib and not only just a bed but a bed in their own room so they transitioned a lot earlier than most people would consider i know a friend who um their kid is i mean three or a little over three and they just moved out of a crib into a full bed in their own room like just now and that was a foreign concept to me. Um, but that was also, well, I, I say foreign concept now, but that is something that kind of was what I had thought was going to be the case. But my daughter was 13 months old and she was irritable in the crib, hated being in the room with us because we were waking her up. She was waking us up and it took her sitter who was coming to our house at the time to tell us, Hey, the reason she's upset is because she wants to be big and she wants to have a bed and she wants to be in her own room and she wants to be separate and be independent. And that was a mistake I made of not reckon like logic. My gut told me that's what was happening, but my logical brain said that can't possibly be happening. And so I missed some of the signs. And so what I've tried to do is recognize when other signs are happening. And even if it doesn't compute with my logical brain, say, 
I don't care what my brain is telling me is the normal procedures. This is what I'm seeing and feeling. So I need to roll with it. So right on. So dads, dads, if you're out there listening, uh, buy your kid a bed and just be happy. Yep. <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's how I summarized uh, those answers. All right. Uh, so moving on to one of America's other favorite segments, dad jokes. I'll start with this one. Um, All right. What do you call a factory that sells passable products? I don't what? know what. A satisfactory. Wow. Um, I've got one. I've, I've got two. So if we want to go however we want to go. Um, guys, I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. Yeah. It's impossible to put down. <laughs> well, uh, that was a bit of a science joke. So let me throw you a, a math dad joke here. Um, you know what, guys? If you're cold, you should just sit in the corner. Because it's 90 degrees. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Why did the invisible man turn down the job offer? Why is that? Why? He couldn't see himself doing it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my last one is, uh, hey, guys, uh, did you know that you're American when you go into the bathroom? You're American when you come out of the bathroom. But do you know what you are while you're in there? I have a feeling I may know this. European. European. <laughs> or you could be a year of pooping. If you think about it. <laughs> wow. John, what's next America's favorite segment? Well, Glon, thank you for ending dad jokes with such energy. <laughs> America's next favorite segment is things you should check out. Now, this is a segment we do where we tell you something that we think that's cool that you should check out. It can be dad related, but most of the time it's not dad related. It's just Most something we like. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll start out. I, there's a couple things I wanted to mention here. One is if you guys have not yet heard our last episode that we did with Todd Pipes. Um, he's an award-winning producer. Most people would probably recognize Todd from. Uh, he's the singer in the band Deep Blue Something. Yes. Um, him and his brother were in that band, and uh, they they had a hit song called Breakfast at Tiffany's, which was huge back in the '90s, and you still hear it. Today, like it yeah. was on, like Orange is the New Black, Orange is the New Black the, uh, last season. It. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, he was on, and what was really fascinating about that episode, I thought, is that we focused primarily on him uh, as a teacher and why he became a teacher, how it related to to him and his kids. <laughs> I love that it was to micromanage his <laughs> <own> kids. <laughs> yeah. That's so it was, awesome. it was really good. And it was really entertaining. And he was such a good sport as we just sort of like randomly asked him whatever questions <laughs> yeah. came to our mind. He was such That's a good, good sport. And uh, honestly, yeah, I hope we'll be back because I, like, I think we could just sit there and talk to him forever. But yeah. if you haven't heard that, go listen to it. The other thing I wanted to suggest is if uh, there's a great, I think, great fantasy uh, fiction author, uh, Brandon Sanderson, he writes epic fantasies. Uh, he, one of his series that I think is awesome, the third book of it is about to come out this year. It's called The Stormlight Archives. But uh, if you have any interest in writing fiction or, uh, and specifically even uh, fantasy or sci-fi, there is on YouTube, you can go watch his entire lecture series from a college class that he taught, a college course on sci-fi and fantasy writing, and uh, it's great. So if you just just go to YouTube, search Brandon Sanderson World Building, and it'll turn you on to the uh, the 
the whole lecture series there. Nice. It, it'll turn you on. Yeah, it'll I, I started to say that, and I went, I don't want to derail John's uh, recommendation, but thanks. I, I don't need any help being derailed generally. But <laughs> so, anyways, go check that out. It's it's really great, and it's like it's full with it's filled with a lot of great information. So, anyways, uh, Joe Galan, what should we check out? I was gonna say, so John, it, it's been almost a month now, and we haven't heard any uh, Blood Bowl updates. What are you up to with that? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, guys, I'm still working on my third and fourth Blood Bowl teams, but I did get the opportunity recently um, to go over to our buddy Sean's house. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it's actually Matt's house, which uh, both those guys we hope to have on the podcast at some point. But, uh, you know, I got to play a game with my uh, my orcs, the Morn Mountain Maradas. I I played against some uh, a dwarven team. And uh, they're both pretty bashy team guys, nice. but in the end, my orc team pulled out a one to nothing victory. And uh, I mean, what can I say? So, what can I say? I will say this: this wasn't an intended checkout, but if you're interested in John's whole Blood Bowl thing, um, you can get the game on Steam. I'm pretty sure if you're a PC player. Oh, or uh, or, or PS4 or Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's you can get you can get Blood Bowl Two, which is a video game version of this board game yeah. that I'm talking about playing. So basically, the, Blood Bowl is basically kind of like football, but like with the fantasy armies, and they kind of have different powers or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. exactly that, and you so like players can get beat up and killed and injured <laughs> yes. and all this fun stuff. Yeah. Um, there, if you play, you can actually play like seasons of it or leagues yeah. of it to where. There's a role-playing game element to it to where after the game, your players get certain skill points yeah. for certain things they've done, like scoring touchdowns, completing a pass, injuring another player, yeah. uh, being the MVP of the game, yeah. and uh, then those points buy new skills to make them better. So, so it's like it's, it's if you're really interested by what he's painting, it's like there's actually a video game out there, so you don't have to, to do the figures. You can play the video game. And it's uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I, I think it's funny that you made me give a Blood Bowl update. <laughs> I did. We, I, I, I needed it. I missed it last episode. It made me sad that we didn't have one. And in this agree. episode, we didn't do a catch-up thing. So I, I needed to catch up. I needed to check that out. All right. Your, word, Blood Bowl your world fix. is complete now. But my, my actual main checkout that I intended to do was there's a YouTube channel out there um, called Alt-Shift-X. And... The guy does some really awesome breakdowns of Game of Thrones episodes. So if you're caught up on Game of Thrones, or <laughs> that was that, good. That's that's that my ringtone. Gave me all the feels. Nice. That's my Hashtag ringtone during the, the during the Game of Thrones <laughs> seasons. Um, but it's favorite uh, Game of Thrones character, Daenerys Targaryen, hands down. The I can't remember his name. The redheaded like wildling. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, Tormund. Tormund. Yes. Yeah. Um, give me yeah. Arya Stark. I uh I, I need I need Tormund. Sorry, really? No, she's good. I always get hate. Okay, so I'm okay. Gonna get you hate. just you just tried, responded no, to me I like know. I said Sansa. I know. No, I actually responded like you said. Um, no, it's yeah, no, Sansa. Sansa. That's right. Uh, no, like I always get hate for this, right? And I'm gonna get hate. So direct all your hate mail at Joe at detoxpodcast.com. That's fine. I can take it. I've got a thick skin, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, okay, I just think Arya is, like, the popular person to like. It's like, she's she was a kid, and now she's older, and she's seeking revenge. I'm like, no, okay, no. like... Spoilers. You're telling me I'm too obvious. Like, that's... No, that wasn't... That's okay. okay. I, I actually, I mean... Just saying I'm too obvious here. No, One I, is, I just... I think it's like, okay... Oh, Daenerys Targaryen's not obvious? Like... No, man. She's mother the, of dragons? She is the mother of dragons. I mean, Whatever. like, come on. Sell out. No way, Anyways, man. Joe, what should we check it's out? It's like I'm saying... What? It's Joe, like, what should it's we like check I'm out? saying I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and I'm John's getting, saying he's a Yankees fan. I'm like, getting I mean, cut off because... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. No, no, no. Alt Shift X is Show's amazing. Over. Cue the outro. No, no. Alt Shift X is amazing. But no. Show's over. 
podcast is over. <laughs> no, I'm just the, uh, no, but it's so they, they he does some really awesome breakdowns. He brings in some details about the books that you know don't necessarily aren't different from the the TV show, but it, it kind of supplements the TV show details to provide some analysis, some breakdowns of where it might go. And of course, that may be harder to do now that Game of Thrones is getting into the realm where the like there aren't books written for it. So it's kind of a previewing of the books, but man, right. it's 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 very informational. Before some of the details that were revealed in, in this last season were revealed, he has some great videos about it. He he just expresses it done. He uses the um, you know pictures and it's a very visual show. It's 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 really good. And he he does some other stuff too, like that aren't just it's not just Game of Thrones. Like his whole video production way, yeah. you know he he has a Patreon that you can go and and get shout outs and stuff like that. It's it's a really well put together channel. It's really, you know, he does a great job with his videos. I'm a massive Game of Thrones um, show fan. And so, you know, anything to su- to support someone creating content around that show that's actually entertaining is good. And uh, my 1B besides Termund is uh, John, show- John Snow, so I'm a sellout too. That's so fair. Alt-Shift-X, Alt Alt yep, YouTube so channel. So I will have to say that the other person I really love and I started, like, I really thought she was badass at towards the end of last season was uh the little like 10 year old that's the head of the oh the bear. she is oh, yeah. awesome yeah, like, she, yeah Mormont. she's Mormont. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, yeah. she's badass so she's a, she there, there's a treat for that yeah so like uh so i have to say like i just i think yeah so she's cool so, no, she no, awesome. so, so there I think we everybody go everybody's a sellout character and everybody has like a a not sellout character i don't think Arya is a sellout character for the record but I just think she's Actually, an obvious right, choice. Guys, but we're but, getting into Iron Fist yeah. territory. <laughs> yeah, no, all right, Joe. All right. So my thing to check out um, is a little local magazine called Dallas Child. Um, Shout out to Dallas Child Yeah, magazine. so you might have heard of it. If you're from the Dallas-Fort area, it's a free magazine you can pick up. You can go and read the latest issues at dfwchild.com. Follow them on Facebook at D- Dallas Child Magazine. The reason I say you should check it out, they're cool. They give uh, local recommendations of stuff you can... Check out in your community, different classes, different summer camps, different things to take your kids to. The main reason I'm telling you to check it out is um, there's a little bit of a a write-up on uh, yours truly, the Detox Podcast, in the June issue. So that uh, just hit, uh, I don't know, I was going to say shelves, but uh, doctor's offices and like wherever else it gets released to. publications are found. Yeah, so, but you can find it on dfwchild.com and you can see our little, uh, our little uh, write-up. So you should check that out. Give them your uh, support uh, because they gave us their support. So we appreciate it. And actually, I, I want to say in that magazine, there's a coupon in there for uh, nothing bunt cake. So oh. if you're in the DFW area. Yes. Oh, so good it over in so South good. Lake. But you can clip it and it's uh, just for a free buntlet, which is... So incredibly awesome. Also, yes. regardless of whether you're in the DFW area, the North Texas area or not, um, just know that if you ever give us a write-up, we'll love you forever. This yeah. is true. <laughs> we will. We're, we're not. We're not. Uh, and yeah. we're loyal. We're yeah. loyal. Yeah. This is yeah. true. Brand loyalty. Yes. So thank you, DFW Child and Dallas Child Magazine. Thank we you appreciate guys. it. Very and, cool. And uh, please check it out. Yep. So that brings a, the, this episode to another epic close. We are so yeah. awesome. What's our hashtag? We're attacking well, our... well, guys, we mentioned hashtag Hanson Manson. Yeah, probably I, not I just want to say no on <laughs> yeah. that okay. one. John, I would like to propose another hashtag. John, John Executive Veto. So that's his veto for the next 10 episodes. I'm cool with that. Which, by oh, the way... We should all get... So you guys get one, too. Yeah, Everybody so, so one. by the like way, I, 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 would say, I would say that it's you know we made it past 10 episodes. Yes. You guys actually put up with me long enough for that. So thank you guys so much of course. for having no 
problem knocking me down a peg or two every effing episode. <laughs> Guys, here, we're getting to another ten. We're yeah, getting, here's another ten. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting dangerously close to our our teens. We're already, we are. We're, we're at our tweens right now. We yes. are. We are tween ages. We're tween ages. We're tween ages. Dude, okay. that is not a hashtag. I would like to propose <laughs> this is this episode's hashtag going along with one of the best things that I thought uh, Dell Hansen shared with us, and that is hashtag listen to your kids. Yes. I like it. Yes. All right, guys. That so that's vote. it. No, that's I'm, it. Be, I'm vetoing that shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, that's awesome. <laughs> You're going to use your veto. So, so that's, such a, that's such a huge lesson that parents need to remember is always listen to your kids. Yes. So... This week, guys, yeah, remember that. Hashtag listen to your kids. Thank you so much for listening to us. Yes. It's been really fun through the episodes we've done so far, and I know we have uh, an, an awesome episode planned coming up in June. Actually, and, our, our next episode is, is in celebration of Father's Day. Yes. And we're going to have a couple of very special guests on the show. And we are. So I'm yes. looking forward to that. So that'll be awesome. And uh, I know down down the road, we've had some doors that are opening up for us to get some cool guests on, and it, it should be really fun. Yes. Um, so Stick with us. Yeah, stick with us. Thank you. If you have, if there's dads that you know, uh, spread the word for us. You can also really help us out by heading over to iTunes, finding Detox Podcast, five star rating and reviewing us. We would really appreciate that because it helps us become more visible and reach more dads. Yes. And uh, just to finish up here, I guess once again, hashtag listen to kids and hashtag be a better dad. And we'll talk to you in June. Shout out and special thanks to Justin and John for supporting the Detox Podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Detox.